Hey, welcome. Lori. Welcome to Building. Or no, this is that's the wrong. Make it make sense. I have, two, I have two podcasts, so yes, make it make sense. The other one's Building Ain't Easy, and it's not easy. But this one's Make It Make Sense, and you know what? Things almost never make sense. So I'm glad that you're here to like help wade through the topic with me and try to make it make sense. So. Jakai. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate um, the concept. I think that it is so important to have these kinds of conversations and you you need to be able to have them. And so some people are afraid to, to talk about things that are controversial or express opinions or hear differing opinions. And I think we'll probably get into that a little bit today um, about some reasons that may be, but I love it. For me, I love that you're having these conversations I listened to the other episodes. I love that you talk about um, what you think and why you think it. And I think that context is yeah. so important. Well, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever think like any of us have all the, all the answers, but I, you know, when you're, you're at such a different point, you're, you're quite a bit younger. You're in such a different point of, at such a different point in your life. Do you yet start to feel like you just kind of look at people and or the the way that people behave and some of the the conversations you hear and you're like what what is happening like are you perplexed by the world around you because that's honestly how I feel most of the time. Absolutely, um, and I think um, we are all a product of our experiences and we bring them with us everywhere we go. And a big part of the problem I think in society right now is not enough people acknowledge that you know. I listen to plenty of podcasts that'll tell you this is the way things are and are supposed to be, but they fail to acknowledge um, their own circumstances and, and how that informs their opinion and where it might differ from someone else, you know? And yeah. uh, Well, let's take it back. Let's talk about like, hi. Hi, I'm Jakai. A friend um, for a decade now, which is crazy because he was a zygote when we first met, honestly. And, well, and I, I don't know about that, but I you first, had a baby. <laughs> I first met Jakai and walked in. We were working at a festival together and I brought my newborn-ish daughter, young infant daughter, not she wasn't a newborn, but infant daughter with me. And I walked in the door and I had to unload the car. So I just handed the baby to Jakai, which we'd only talked on the phone a little bit right and right. here we are so yeah how, so um Izzy are, is in my like? heart forever oh my god yeah I have the best picture of you and Izzy and her in like a KU romper of some sort and yeah the best just the best photo of and now she's almost 10 so oh I love it time flies when you're having fun but tell us who yeah. you are in your story and like okay all right yeah so I am Jakai um, I was born in Connecticut, grew up in Baltimore City, Maryland, moved to Lawrence, Kansas, of all places, halfway through my freshman year of high school. Uh, uh, that was smart to do. <laughs> so um, because of those significant moves living elsewhere um, over the course of my life, I feel like I really got to know different types of people um, and, and understand them and accept them. Um, my background is in hospitality uh, management. I uh, worked in a small hotel in Lawrence, Kansas, 91 rooms, and all the way to New York City and, and much bigger hotels, meeting lots of people, um, hearing lots of different perspectives. And I'm in the midst of a transition um, right now. So I have a little entrepreneurial spirit in me. 
um, and I am on a mission uh, to build a company that helps people bring life to their adventures, destinations, and events. And along the way, I am looking for helping and investing in other entrepreneurs as a venture partner with a small firm in Cincinnati called Kinetic Ventures. Um, I'm inspired by Lori all the time. Um, I, uh, I really do appreciate you. And when people ask me about the mentors over my life, your name always comes up. And um, I love the other podcasts too, um, because I, I believe in, in telling the stories uh, to help other people along the way build what they're trying to. Um, yeah. For this podcast, I think um, I, lo I love it also because way back in the day, um, and you and I were talking about this, but way back in the day, I had the idea of a similar talk show type deal. I called it pop culture and politics. And it would be all about bringing um, the, the people we know from popular culture uh, to the table and asking them their opinions on hot topics, political things, and uh, really contextualizing that um, with their life and career and upbringing. And so love these conversations. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. And I, you know, so many things that you said resonate. Like, I think I too feel like, you know, over the course of my life, I've accumulated lots of really cool people. Right. And they're not, they're from different backgrounds. I mean, probably similar because I, I happened upon them in my past, but like between living in Kansas city, living in Texas, you just pick up people. If you're a decent person, the more years that you're around. Right. And I hope we all get to a point. I don't, I don't feel this when I look through social media or engage with the internet at all, but I, I hope that we all get to a point at some age where we're just open to hearing what other people have to say. You know, we don't have to agree with them. How boring would the world be truly if we all thought exactly the same things? But I think that to be able to talk about it in a manner that's not harmful or that is respectful is so important because, you know, on the racism podcast, there were things that I just really never thought about because it's not, it doesn't happen to me. Right. But it's really interesting to hear and to think differently because I hear from someone that it has happened to. And I think the marriage one, you know, like we have, we, she and I have very different views on marriage. And, um, I just think, it's cool to hear what other people think. And I'm excited to talk to you today about religion because, oh my gosh, I, I have, I definitely feel like at this point in my life, we're as a country, as a world in a place where we're kind of losing our religion perhaps. So I don't know. I, I talk to me like what, did you grow up religious? Yeah, so um, I'm happy to get in that. And I would love to hear about your religious upbringing also, um, because it, it certainly plays a factor. You know, I bring all of my experiences with me. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a religious family. My mom's dad um, was a pastor, um, and I he still is. Religious than that. I know, yeah. So he still is a minister. And my mom's maternal grandfather was also um, a minister, both of them in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, and 
my dad's dad was not very religious um, while I was growing up, but he has since um, become a very devout Jehovah's Witness. And it's so interesting to see his um, experience now um, that I am older and, and have my own opinions about it. But um, certainly when I was younger, I idolized uh, my grandfather who was, in the, who was a pastor. You know, I'd sit down in the pulpit and see him in, in his very uh, charismatic way, um, preaching the word of God. And that was something I wanted to emulate in my own life. And so I'd be walking around, giving little sermons, saying hallelujah and amen and all kinds of stuff. And so, and That's my good. religious- Sorry, go ahead. My religious expression is different now, um, no. but my dad's uh, dad, my paternal grandfather, you know, as he's having this devout experience, he he reminds me um, that uh, our positions might've been flipped because he was uh, watching me as I was expressing faith so uh, generously. Um, and so that's kind of my upbringing. We didn't, I was raised by my mom, a single mom. Um, we didn't go to church every Sunday, but certainly during periods uh, of time we were going regularly and um, it was it was a part of my life. It always has been a part of my life. Um, and I do not, I don't, I haven't been going to church regularly now. It's something I, which is interesting. Whenever I go back to Connecticut, um, when I have worked um, in the area, I, I will get up and go to church with my grandparents almost every Sunday. Um, and so I, and I do appreciate it uh, for myself. Um, and, but I think there are a lot of factors that go into play with community and everything that I just haven't uh, found myself in a, in a church so do, you think, do you think you would classify yourself as a believer right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how not to believe. And I think um, one of the things I've been thinking about is uh, our religious scale and how it is uh, at different points during our different uh, interactions with life. And so it's always on for me, but certainly when I'm at work, you know, I may not always be talking about faith or religion. And so it's probably here. And then when I'm going to church, you know, it's gotta be, it's probably here. Um, and so uh, there are different, I've been challenged in the different uh, places that I have lived because certainly in New York and in Lawrence, um, religion's not as highlighted, um, but I spent some time in Kentucky and particularly I spent some time with some high school age students um, at a program uh, this past summer and I was inspired by their faith. Um, that they brought with them and expressed um, and shared. So let's let's dissect that for a second, though. Right? Yeah. What did you just say? So Lawrence, which I would say is is really probably, I mean, it's a college college town. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, it's if it's academic, then it's intellectual. A lot into a lot of intellectuals don't believe in God, right? I would say that New York 
is very progressive. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me that there, it wasn't high on, plus they don't have any damn land. So like, I can't imagine them devoting it to churches. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what that looks like. I've never paid attention, but like, I would not be surprised, but then you go to Kentucky, which yeah. is the South for all intents and purposes. And they're religious, which doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a Southern thing. I feel that all the time in Texas, like how many people say to me, God bless you, or I'm praying mm-hmm. for you. And and mm-hmm. I, I try not to like pick it apart, but I'm like, are you really? Or like, so yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think that, and I think, you know, this is where we're getting into this uh, conversation about what is religion and how it manifests. But, um, you know, I was inspired by those students. And at the same time, um, I acknowledged with a critical eye um, that for, in some circumstances, this was maybe a popular uh, thing to do, believe, or express. And so in Kentucky or in Texas, if you are a young person of a certain demographic, um, you know, you, you go to church or you or your family is not good. You know, you're not, you're not in the club. Um, And so your ability to, to express that uh, matters for your own social standing. Uh, So I think, I think the part that I struggle with, with all of that, because there are lots of holy rollers that are on very vocal. I mean, social media is such BS anyway. I mean, you know, you can't look at someone's social media and even know what they look like, honestly, between filters and whatever, like it's just such a facade, but probably one of the biggest facades that is portrayed on the internet is I'll pray for you or you know, uh, divine, whatever. And, you know, at the same time I see on the internet, people just the nastiest and ugliest they've ever been because it's so easy now to just be hateful and ugly. And people choose that on, you know, comments on social media all the time. And so I, I have a hard time reconciling if people are really as Bible thumping as they claim to be, how they can behave the way that they do. Because so many things that people don't do, that people do out in the world are very not Christian-like, right? And for the Catholics, like, let me just say this, because I, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life. We were, it, there, there's some problems with that religion too, but like, we were basically told, do whatever you want. Maybe not in these words, I'm paraphrasing, but do whatever you want. And then just go repent, like tell the priest, say you're sorry. He'll give you some penance. You'll say some prayers and then it's all wiped clean. Mm. I don't know that all religions are working that way. And if that is the case, if they're not, then there are some people out there that are, are living very unchristian, like yet in front of an audience, they're claiming to be very devout. And I have a problem with that. Truly. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think it just goes back to that scale and on Catholicism in particular. um, You know, I know some people who care a lot, a lot about um, abortion. 
and they wrap that in their Catholic faith. Um, but uh, the Bible and Catholicism also talks a lot about looking after orphans and widows and, and the poor. And that, that's not as high on their religious expression scale as the right to life. Sure. sure. Um, and I wanna say, I think religion as a construct is inherently political. Um, the problem is, I think our politics are becoming a little too religious. I should have known you'd make this political. Of course you did. So same, <laughs> tell me more. So um, yeah, I think um, even examining my own uh, church, the AME church, um, very rich history. Um, still about 2.5 million members globally down from probably a peak of 17 million in the between the 60s and that's 80s. A, that's a drop. It's a drop. And I think everyone's experiencing, you know, church is not um, as popular as it used to be. Um, but I think that, so the Amy Church was started. Uh, there were seven Black parishioners um, at St. George's Methodist Church in Philadelphia. They were at the altar praying. And they were told to move to accommodate white parishioners at this church. And led by Richard Allen, they got up, walked out of the church and did not return. Um, and so they started their own church. Um, and that was certainly a political act um, of defiance. And they had to sue um, the Methodist church in Pennsylvania twice um, so that uh, they, they could have the freedom. Um, this was, let me see. They sued in 1807, I believe. Um, so this was not too long after the founding of this country. Um, 1807 and 1815. Wow. So um, they had to sue for the right to uh, run an independent church and they did it and they grew it into a global denomination. And all along the way, when you, we think about really uh, religious leaders and figures of our history, um, there is a political component to all of them. And even Martin Luther King, I wonder if his father and grandfather hadn't also been ministers, um, would he have chosen a different path? You know, he was clearly very talented, also a philanderer and adulterer. <laughs> so, you know. I, why don't I know this about Martin Luther King? What do you, <laughs> I don't know. This is not advertised when we're talking about. Right, right. And so, wow. you know, and for me, for me, um, that doesn't make Martin Luther King any less of a Christian, you know, but for some people it might. Um, Adultery would make, that's a very unchristian like behavior. So, I mean, what so, are the rules out in these other, I don't know the rules. It's rules? true. It's if you true. do that, then what, like, how do you get your, how do you say you're sorry? What's your penance? Like, what happens? And when Judgment Day comes, 
are you screwed? Like, what is like, I don't understand. I mean, that's kind of the nice loophole for the Catholics, honestly. It is a nice loophole for yeah. the Catholics. And um, I think everyone has to, um, everyone is entitled to their own religious experience. Um, and I think that, you know, Christians and Muslims and everyone throughout history in the name of religion have done terrible things. Um, but it is about um, what is the core, what is the dogma, um, and that is, you know, belief in Christ as our savior for a Christian, um, but all the way back to uh, polytheism and uh, different expressions of, of gods in Greece or Rome or anywhere. Um, and so fast forwarding to today, I went to church in Texas. It's huge. There's a playground in there. There's a coffee stand. Um, very different from the expressions that I had known. Um, but I accept it because my religion, the AME church, um, is about brotherhood, Christ our Redeemer, the Holy Spirit our Comforter, humankind our brother. And so um, my grandmother was later in life, also became a minister. She got a master's divinity and became a minister. So both my grandparents were uh, pastors, but they both believed very strongly and instilled in me um, that when you go to heaven, there's not someone there checking what gate you're walking through, right? So you don't have to prescribe to a certain set of beliefs um, in order to get to heaven. And my grandfather probably got that experience as an army chaplain. You know, he's a, he's a black guy in uh, Desert Storm, uh, ministering to Catholics and uh, to Hindus and to uh, Muslims and Jews alike. Um, and you, you have to learn about um, what matters to, to people's faith. Wow. So. so, okay. So I would, I would classify you as the mm. consummate intellectual. I have thought it since the first moment I met you, how bright you are. So explain to me how, because to, to a true intellectual, the idea of religion, just, it, it doesn't compute, right? Like it, you can't, like you can't have evolution and the birth of Christ in a manger. Like they don't coincide. So like, w like where does logic and reason pick up and fa blind faith leave off or like? Yeah, um, great question. And um, I think uh, the greatest talent of any intellectual is has to be the ability to hold conflicting ideas at the same time. Oh, that's and brilliant. so what a um, <laughs> I think that I acknowledge religion is a completely social construct, mm -hmm. right? And you needed an organizing principle way back when to make sure everybody wasn't killing each other and stealing and, and sure. um, causing conflict, right? Um, I acknowledge that that is absolutely true, but at the same time, there is a God, I have faith. Um, 
I don't know what that God looks like. Um, I know what I was raised to believe um, and what my church says. I explore other ideas of God um, in my free time. Maybe. Have you ever seen Osmosis Jones? The little, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's a great movie. A uh, guy swallows a pill and it's like all the cells in his body are like the movie takes place in his body. Um, but either which and or way, I say that to say, sometimes I thought maybe me, you, this whole world that we know is some small component of a greater being we can't understand. And that's God. Maybe God is Lori Soto and she doesn't know it. I don't know it. <laughs> I'd probably be a lot nicer if I were God. <laughs> I mean, I have a pretty short fuse. <laughs> Maybe. Y'all are screwed. <laughs> Maybe God is something that exists in all of us. Um, I'm open to all of it. Um, but I know um, what I believe. And, you know, was Jesus Christ an actual person? It's a, it's a big yeah. question. It's a big question, right? For but sure, it doesn't represent. We know it doesn't that. represent something. No, I think we know he was a person, and he had a brother, James. Like there are actual. So I get sucked in every year at Easter and Christmas. One of those like History Channels or something plays like this yeah. mini series of like stories of the Bible, and so I get sucked in every time. So I think it's fascinating because I do think he was a real person. I think we know that these people were real people but how much like power or if they're a deity or not like we different religions assign because like for the jews what jesus is a prophet not not the son right. of god right 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 so and that's that's the big break yeah like for the catholics and the christians we're kind of using them all interchangeably. Like we think it's the son of God, but we think it's the father, son, and the Holy ghost are like the Trinity. So that's a whole other thing. But, and I, and I think it's really interesting how in all of these religions, they all have kind of some commonality. Like they've all kind of landed on Jesus was somebody. There's a God. He he's. There's a flood. The three major Abrahamic religions okay. all agree. There was a flood. Yeah. So I, I think it's very interesting that they all kind of land on similar notions, but don't necessarily agree on how to interpret those things that happened. Absolutely. But I think I appreciate your answer so much because it, it's so, it's so Jakai. It's, it was very eloquent and like very well said, like you entertain different things because that's, that's truly an inquisitive person who wants to understand the world around them. And I think that's a beautiful answer because I would just, if someone asked me the same question, because I would, I would say that I also classify myself as an intellectual being. How do I reconcile? Cause I do believe in something bigger. I don't necessarily define it. I don't know how to define it. I mean, I think there are just a lot of things that are, I will walk outside. I I'm very, I'm truly obsessed with the sky. I, I think I mm. live in, like, I live in kind of, kind of the sticks. And so there's not a lot of tall buildings and I can really see the sky. And I see it in particular every morning when I take my daughter to school, like it seems mm. to be at like the right point of the day when it's just beautiful. And I'm like, if there is not a God, 
I don't know how this could have been created. Cause like, I couldn't think this up. This is such an astounding invention. There's got there, there must be something else. And so I, there are times when I will feel that, um, or, mm. but then there are times when I just feel like different energies or I believe in manifesting. So I don't know how it all makes sense. I just think there must be something bigger because if this, if this is it, this is a bit of a letdown. Um, mm, that's so I, true. Like if this is all that there is to look forward to, damn, like that's tough. Yeah. So I think um, one person's, I believe in manifestation. I believe it's a, akin to prayer, um, you know? And so I think that people have a lot of different religious uh, expressions. Sometimes they don't know it. Um, and so I think even when it comes, bringing it back to, to politics, I think, um, you know, let's take the concept of separation of church and state. Um, I, I think uh, Jesus even says somewhere in the Bible, um, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's, right? And so talking about taxes and, and governance and all that, but um, I think we get confused nowadays who is Caesar and who is God. Um, and so, um, but I think if you ask people, they would not say that they were confused about who is Caesar and who is God. But when we look at some of the big controversies and political movements that are dominating conversations and destroying relationships, um, what is at the root of that, I think, is a religious expression. Um, and so um, it's that same spirit that inspired the Crusades uh, throughout um, Europe and Asia um, that drives some people uh, to be in the streets now um, for any specific reason, climate, Black Lives Matter, uh, January 6th. Uh, I think all of it is, is, is a religious expression um, that, that people can't reconcile uh, I think they'd be better off in a church. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So I, my belief is that currently the world is so broken because actually what we, at least in America, what we actually worship is money, like the almighty dollar, which might be political, probably is political. And, you know, but I think if you, you know, like I, you know, I, I'm in insurance. So like, there's a lot of money to be made in insurance and the, the thing. So of course my feed is all insurance stuff and all these agencies, like all they're doing is like, you know, cash cube and get this money. And like, this is the car I drive and it's all so gross. <laughs> and then, you know, you get the actors on stage that are like, I want to thank Jesus first and thank you Lord and and all of it feels very secondary if it's at mm. all mentioned to like the worship of materialism and like the almighty dollar and like just how broken we are because of it and those same people that are out talking about um God bless you and I'm going to pray for you and all that bs do they are they tithing do they 
give money to poor people? Do they volunteer at soup kitchens? Do they do anything, you know, with their riches? I'm not sure that they do. And that's again, and maybe they do, maybe some of them do. Like, let me just say, like, there's going to be both ends of the spectrum. But I think that is the trouble that I have. Like, if you're going mm. to claim to be a Christian or of God, a person of God, and then it's just in like theory, it's just for show. And then you go out on the streets and you're not acting that way, then you're that's actually worse than if you just said, I don't believe in it, I'm not gonna do it, and I don't care, and like do what you're gonna do, but I'm not participating. That's a better approach to me than bullshitting everyone that you're this Christian and then you go out and you act very unchristian like and you worship money and materialism and all of that. Yeah, I think capitalism is some people's religion. Um, and um, a lot of people, more so in America. For sure, sure, for sure. Um, I think I read a stat, 84% of the world globally uh, identifies with some religion. Um, most of that has not happened in the United States. So I yeah, also what, think, what did I read? I read a different stat, my friend, that the percentage of Americans who identify as Christian has fallen from 77% to 65%, while the percentage of like non-denominational has risen from 17% to 26%. Mm-hmm. So more so and more I was saying globally, but um globally, yeah, this is what Americans, but again, I'm an American, so we always yeah. bring to what we're doing right absolutely most of that is millennials yes according to this so why why is that because you're a millennial i think it's what is happening i think it's a privilege i think it's a privilege um not to have faith that's what i'll say and i think i have lived a wonderful life um but the the faith and the religion is so baked in to my familial history um, that it, it, it sticks with me. You know, I think, um, I think when you are a slave or you are facing, um, an unbearable life or situation, um, there isn't any hope but God. And I think that the further we as a society get away from, from that for our, for our better, but people don't have a reason to, be all about religion um, in the same way, right? And so that's why you do have people all wrapped up and fired up for capitalism. Um, you do have people all wrapped up and fired up for climate action. I think something's happening with the climate. Um, I think we all have a responsibility. I don't go to the church of climate change where <laughs> I have to be blocking traffic and um, at every protest and not eating meat. I love meat. Um, so, you know, I, that, that's just not my church. Um, I, I don't go to the church of um, Trump. I don't go to the church of Trump. I don't, um, I think that uh, people who do go to the church of Trump prescribe to a certain set of beliefs, the dogma, just like, in Christianity, you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and also is God. Um, Trump, right? Who is he? Is he Caesar or, or God? I think people would say Caesar, but they're treating him like God. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, so if the argument then is like, because essentially what I hear you saying is that as time goes on, more information is available, right? And so as there's more information, because because it's people can reason more, because like so much of why the Bible happened the way that it did and why the stories of the Bible, because I mean, they were, most of them were written, they all were written long after Jesus was gone, right? So that would say that, and, and this is how I've always understood the Bible, that there were things that they couldn't make sense of at the time. So they had to kind of tell a story to make their world make sense, right? And that that became the Bible. And so for for these zealots that like believe it like 100% word for word, I think that that's a little naive perhaps. Mm -hmm. And I think that it takes such a blind trust to believe some of this stuff that we read in the Bible or the stories that we're told, right? And blind trust is so key. You know, I think. But is it foolish? Ooh, great question. Great question. So um, it's hard to say foolish. Is it just the words you don't like? Because it is sort (laughs) of like rose colored glasses. It is rose colored glasses. Um, It is rose colored glasses. But I think. It's not that I don't like the word foolish. I just think um, there's too much unknown. <laughs> um, I well, can acknowledge, Lori, sure. I can acknowledge that the Bible was written by men who had agendas and wanted to tell these stories to demonstrate an, a point, an argument. I can, I accept that. Um, I don't, if I'm sitting next to John and John takes the Bible literally, um, how what ground do I have to stand on to say he's wrong? Well, so, because some of it's illogical. <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So like th- that, that's the part that I, so you said earlier that, you know, it is an, an intellectual person will try to see both sides and, and somehow make sense of multiple varying. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's an enlightened person, but the, the problem is that a lot of religious zealots, are absolute and not going to hear anybody else's like opinion on it and a bit aggressive oftentimes sure i you are absolutely right um i just don't think those religious movements thrive and um well they they do though i mean the squeaky wheel gets the oil like they're they are the ones that make the biggest stink. They'll set something on fire. They'll pro- protest outside of the abortion clinic. They'll make a, a they'll make a scene, right? And so they do get attention. I mean, sure, but in terms of so uh, the KKK called called themselves Christian, um, and. They had a set of beliefs they were zealots about. Um, And so to your point, these people do make noise. They are present, but they're, I think, flashes in the pan. Like it sounds loud, 
Um, it looks loud. It looks bad right now, but um, is that a growing uh, organization, ecosystem, community, um, or is it shrinking? Uh, and I find that those people who are really intolerant in that way um, are kind of shrinking with the exception. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. With the exception of in politics, because I think that, and this is the differentiator, actually, I, sh I should look up a d definition for religion versus politics, but this is the differentiator, I think. Um, when I think about religion um, and something my aunt says is everybody in the neighborhood used to belong to a church, right? Even if they didn't go every day, um, their mom or grandma went, that was their church. Um, and now that's not the case. And so no one has that, the, the, the church uh, that we know it, that sets those structures in their lives. And you could accept, even if someone didn't go to your church, that they went to a church. So they have a, a moral framework with which to operate. And the people who go uh, in front of abortion clinics, um, they, maybe they have a church. <laughs> um, you know, I'm for sure they do. I'm sure. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be so, like, they wouldn't die on that hill. Mm -hmm. If they did, like, if what you wouldn't be pro life unless it was in the name of. I think they're using the church for that political expression. And I yeah, think the church that's, allowed, that's, I think that, funny. yeah. And like I that, think the church. No, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I think the church allowed um, church members to be um, used for uh, political purposes like that. That's, that's like bad. back to my point of like, if you're saying one thing in front of the cameras and then you're doing something else when you're off camera, like that is such hypocrisy. That's mm. antithesis of actually living the morals that you're claiming, right? I don't know that I think that these, these people are losing steam or they're dying mm. down. I just think just like racism, right? It's, it's not as socially acceptable to be overtly racist. So people just do it quieter or like with people that are like-minded. I think it's the same for this, these religious zealots or just whatever your cause is. It's not as acceptable to do it squeakily, but there's still a clan. Like, you know, that it still exists. They just aren't as overt about it because it's not as popular, but they're still doing it. They're still, they're still meeting. They're still. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess that's, that's where, that's where I end on it. I don't think intolerance is popular. And I don't think that that's a kind of religion that um, grows. I don't think it's popular it in your world. Ooh. It's certainly, it's certainly popular in some worlds and or sure. or, or it would completely extinguish it would be eradicated mm. but but it's it's not it's just it it's weirdos finding like weirdos and that's true in every like you could I could be a whale watcher and go find other whale watchers and like 
it's not prevalent to you, but yeah. I, I sought them out and we're a group and we do our thing, you know? So it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, I have friends who have, um, who have worshiped in some churches and communities um, that express uh, beliefs I disagree with, like, you know, basically um, the role of a woman, right? Um, And yeah. Don't even go there. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. Um, It's shocking to me. Um, But and I'm not saying you're not you're not wrong. I don't have I'm not privy to all these places and things, um, but um, people leave those places, and even if they're not extinguished, um, I think they are. The growth exponentially is declined for sure. I just think yes, but I think it's in proportion to mm-hmm. how much like religion itself has declined. Like if Mm. more people are kind of apathetic or agnostic or it's, it all kind of correlates, right? Like if more people are just like, I don't know, I'm not sure. Then it would make sense that all of the groups would take a hit. It's not like they're just going to jump from Catholicism to like white supremacy. They're not going to like make that leap, but I think that because the number of people that just claim that they don't know is growing, all the groups are taking a hit. And that's probably more in proportion of what we're feeling as opposed to, oh, these groups are dying out. No, I, I think that it's it's still probably as prevalent. The percentage is probably as prevalent as it ever was. It's just not as overt. And we don't see it because it's not like our circle. But- Here's a question. So yeah. like, so you said earlier, you said that uh, an intelligent person is one that can kind of reconcile. Yeah. I think that that's very um, articulate and eloquent because I would just like, I just get to a point where I'm like, I don't know. I just believe it because I believe it. Like, leave me alone. Like it's what mm-hmm. I believe, you know, like I just, I don't need to explain it just, but I do, I, I would say that I feel like I'm an intellectual person and I, I very I'm very cognizant of the fact that a lot of the stuff in the Bible or that they told me in school just can't really be the case. Like it just isn't commonsensical. So I, but I just- You don't believe that dinosaurs were on the ark? Yeah, because (laughs) I've seen the bones in New York at the Natural History Museum. So yes. um, So like, but I'm just like, you know what? I This is just what I believe. So- just take it and just leave me alone. Like I can believe what I want to believe. I don't know why I do, but like when I feel lost, I go back to wanting to go to church and psychics. Like those are my two things. Like I'll want to go to church or I'll want to talk to a psychic, but. And I think that so many people feel the same way. Right. And so, but when I had children, the question becomes, cause now, I mean, like it's such a heavy responsibility and we don't really, all of us don't enter into it with all of the forethought that probably is required. And you're really in charge of a tiny human and they're going to, the apple doesn't really fall that far from the tree typically. So they're probably going to be a lot more like you than you maybe even intended. And so the question was, do I baptize them Catholic? Do I want them to choose? I felt it a bit irresponsible 
to not give them some kind of foundation. Um, so I, I got them through their sacraments and Catholic, because it's what I understood. I mean, it's, it's what I know. I don't know that I think it's better or worse. I mean, I think it's, there's a lot of, it's very guilt heavy, but will you raise, will, will you raise children with religion? Yeah, great question. And I did want to hear um, your perspective on that as a parent, because um, for me, yes, uh, I think, I think yes. And it is about the foundation. And this is why um, religion is so important to people for so many different reasons. But I'll never forget, I was talking to someone, might have even been an Uber driver on the way somewhere. He's like, yeah, my, uh, my dad wants me to go to church with him, but I don't really want to go. And he said, you don't want to see your grandma in heaven? You know? And was she, was she pulling up to church? What was yeah. she making an appearance? What's what's happening? <laughs> so, you know, so my Uber driver is saying that his dad is saying, if you don't go to church, you won't see your grandma in heaven. And he was the Uber driver is expressing to me like, I grew up with this man. He wasn't going to church. He only just started going to church. And I had to tell him, you know, that's what it's about for him. I want to see my mom in heaven one day, so I need to go to church. Okay. That's what it's about for that Uber, for that Uber driver's dad. And that's what he's failing to communicate um, to his son um, because there's so much more to religion, but that's what it, that's kind of what it boiled down for him. Okay. However, I think at the core for me, I don't really care what anybody does. Mm. To you, it, it really doesn't matter. As long as you're not harming anyone else, I, I don't care. I, I really don't. But I have a really big problem with, and this is so prevalent in most like people that would really classify themselves as being religious, like mm -hmm. rollers, is that they want to cram their opinion down your throat all the time. And that is, again, kind of the antithesis of what your religion says it should be like. You shouldn't, you should never want people to join your movement out of fear, which is everything we've done in history. I mean, it's all religion has been about fear. You shouldn't want them, you shouldn't want to wear them down into participating. I, I So I remember when I, so my first child I had out of wedlock Catholic <gasps> don't. they don't love <laughs> so I went to and you know I, I have a, I have a bit of a mouth on me from time to time so we go about getting him baptized and we meet with the like I don't know head lady who's in charge of organizing such things and she said well we really you know we really prefer you be married before the, you know, your, the child's baptized. And I was like, yeah, I, I get that, but like, he's here now. So like, why are we talking about this? And I said, you know what else the Catholic church doesn't like abortion. And that's the other way this could have went. And she was like clutching her pearls. And I mean, I, oh my I, goodness. I really couldn't even believe that I said it, but I was just so pissed. Cause I, I'm like, I can't believe they let you back in. Well, I, here's the deal. They need me. They need yeah. all of their, their attendance is down 
and they need to pass those buckets around and gain some funds every single church, you know, like that that's what's supporting these churches. To- and that's the natural progression of society. They just had a big meeting in Rome, the Synod of Bishops, or except this time, it wasn't only bishops. They had lay people, they had women, and they talked about a number of topics uh, toward bringing the church into the future. And so ultimately, I, I kind of think um, you you grow or you die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Plus, the, the sort of segregating way of the church and like non-inclusive kind of undertones, all of that, again, is kind of the opposite of what you're preaching, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really sort of hypocritical. Um, but like, I, you know, again, for me, it was a foundational choice. If they grow up and they decide something different, like, I think that's great. I, I'm cool great. With it. I, I celebrate it. But I, but I think at the, for me, at the core of it all was like, well, if they go and they learn things like don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, that's not awful. Like wherever that message is coming from or how it's being told to them, it's not terrible, right? So that brings up a good point because I listened to your conversation. Um, It might've come up a little bit in both uh, the previous two episodes, but you talked about how there are some things you don't think about addressing with your kids. And it's not that they're not important. Um, you just you just don't think about addressing them. Um, and that is also a component of church and religion for so many people. What do we believe about premarital sex? If you, this is what the church says, if me and, if you and your husband wanna to talk to your children and say something different, that's important to you. But the default, if you don't think to address it, this is what our family believes because we go to this church. Yes. So I, that, and that's where it's, it's kind of the dichotomy of like what you were saying earlier, kind of making sense of both things at the same time, because although I think inherently I would like for them to wait forever to have, you know, just because it complicates things. And like, for all the reasons that every person you ask now, like, if you had, if you could wait, could have waited, like if you knew them, what you know now, would you have waited? And they are all like, oh, absolutely. Yes, I would have waited. I know I would have waited longer. You know, you rush into these very mature relationships. So for that reason, I would love for them to wait for a very long time. However, I'm but also- But you know how the world works. <laughs> I'm also a realist. So I know that just because, but I also know that for me, when I would be like in high school, making out with a boy or whatever- there were times. You had the guilt. Yes. There were times mm. when I was like, oh, hell, grandma's watching and like she knows and like this is really rough. And that is also not super healthy. That's kind of the, again, the fear and the pressure and the be on our team because we've muscled you into it. And I don't think that that's anyone who enters into that kind of contract because of fear. I don't, I don't want them to, I don't want anybody to join my club because they were fearful. I want them to join because it was on their heart and like, it felt right to them, but like, not because I muscled them in with fear and like, you're going to burn in hell. I've always had a problem with the Catholics. The fact that we baptize 
to get rid of original sin. Like I have a hard time believing that this perfect little creature comes into the world already a sinner and shameful. That's rough. Like, and why did all of this passing everybody's sins around happen? Like, you know, Jesus had to die for hours and Adam and Eve ruined the whole thing with the apple. And now we're all kind of, so it's like, I don't, I don't understand that logic. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's a a social, this is social construct. You know, it's like, uh, they're dictating morality. Um, and that just kind of, uh, uh, latent effect of of the history of the church from its foundation um i think the guilt is bad i think the guilt is bad it's a a lot to lay on a little kid too Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. shit starts right i mean i went to catholic school so that starts immediately when you walk in the but what is the alternative um do you go and i'm not saying that um it has to be completely 180 on the other side of the spectrum, like, okay, you have a little girl who's making out with everybody, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Do you feel better about that, that she doesn't have any guilt and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't, Um, but. uh, No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think my thought was, well, if they go to school and they hear, or church and they hear things like, don't steal, be kind to others. That's the foundation. That's, that's a beautiful thing. But when it turns into a, don't do this or you will perish in a fiery pit, then it's crossed over to another. We, we didn't need to, it didn't need to go there to get the point across. Right. And so that's where sure. I think so many religions can be really oppressive in that way. And I don't understand like the heavy hand because it seems so counterintuitive to like, what you're preaching about being a good person. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't get it. The church is, is, is slow to evolve um, uh, compared to society. Um, you know, slavery is condoned in the Bible um, and certainly in churches and institutions, it was condoned. Um, and we wouldn't agree with that today. Um, so I think some of these things are yucky and sticky. Um, But I think to your point, um, the good things are the are the foundation and and you as a family and as a community and their friends, as as your children and as we as individuals are building the home or the mansion that is our life and our beliefs and our upbringings, we can include whatever we we want to include and um, the religious components and pieces of wood and brick and steel that we can take from church um, matter and they are important and they make us better. Um, and then kind of, you know, we look at this oppression and, and um, this sexual trauma um, and the concept of virginity and is that completely uh, anti-feminist anyway um, and say, you know, maybe I don't need this quite like this. Let me go find something similar to it, but this brick isn't quite right. Uh, Let me throw that out. Um, And so, I mean, I appreciate it to answer your question. Yeah, I want my kids to have a foundation. I don't want to dictate everything they do. I don't want to. So will you, could you ever marry someone who was of a different faith? 
or would someone have to bend? Yeah, I think I would marry someone who was of a different faith. Um, and I, but I think I'm in it. Then how do you raise the kids? <laughs> I think you give them a little, you give them a little of both. I, you know, it's, it's cultural. It's like, Oh, that's so like beautiful and optimistic. And I know it's, it was, it, it's, it's unrealistic. Um, yeah, I, I certainly have friends who could never, who could never have an interfaith, um, marriage. Um, but yeah, I'm a man of contradictions. Would you, <laughs> would you convert for love? Depends. Um, I've certainly thought about it. Um, I appreciate, um, what I appreciate about Catholicism is it's been there. It's always been there. If you're looking for the truth of Christianity, you have to start at Catholicism. They haven't gotten everything right and they do a whole lot wrong, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's but the church. Lasted. So that's like, the, that's the church, you know, Jesus died and the Catholic church was built. So, and, and it's lasted, it stood the test of time. So there, it, it can't all be bad. It can't all be wrong. Right. Um, but I also appreciate Judaism. Jesus was a Jew, you know? Um, and I appreciate that when you convert to Judaism, um, you have to be told no three times. And so when you are in the process of converting to Judaism, it has to matter to you so much that you 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 get rejected three times. And I so love now the secrets out. Like everybody knows. <laughs> so like you're just like, can we just can we get this all done in one trip? Just tell me no three times because everybody knows. But right? I I I love the idea that that I resonate with this faith so much that in order to convert, I'm gonna go through every trial and tribulation. Um so would I convert? Yeah, it depends on the circumstances, but- um, Okay, but those are all, they're not similar, but they're probably the most similar of the religion. So like, let's go- Hinduism. Wait, right, would you become, <laughs> yes, like, or Muslim or, I mean, just, I don't even know. Would you go that far left? I- Because the rest of it is just kind of convenient. I mean, really, those are easy. It is. So what a great challenging question. Um, I would learn about it. I would learn about it for sure. Um, it's hard, you know, I, I, I feel very, very confident that I'm a Christian. So it's, it's hard to um, imagine really uh, diverging from that, but I'd learn. Okay, all right. I mean, that's fair. I don't, I, you know, I think my stance on it is if they would have to be very, very devout in their belief for me to try to like make a jump, like because and it'd be so hard to even meet that person, <laughs> you know, probably to even get there with that person, possibly right. But like you'd have to be pretty devout for me to even consider it because why are you? Why do you care so much if you're not really that into it either, right? Like mm -hmm. I think that's probably my that's where I would draw the line, but yeah, I mean, it would be a consideration because mo money, mo problems. Like you get heavy duty into a, into a religion. It's going to take up time. Now you can't get divorced. You can't get divorced. <laughs> you can't like, you just, you got to learn a whole set of rules. I don't know. I just think it's a whole thing, but uh, I'm glad to know that you're open.
like, so maybe it's, maybe the story isn't written for you. We don't even know you could end up being a devout Hindu, <laughs> like priest <laughs> by the time all of this is done. We just don't know. So, but I think you will end up in politics, right? Do you think there's any <sighs> room in politics for religion really? Because I, I actually think we don't have enough separation of church and state. I think it's a little too blurry, at least like in all the, it's indoctrinated, like it's it's in all of the like literature. Yeah, yeah um, religion in politics. Um, Do you think any politicians are really truly living in Christ? I don't want to say no one nowhere. <laughs> I've seen I've seen House of Cards, and if that is oh, really God. what's going on, yeah. if Crazy. that's what's going well, on, well, right let me on. let's talk about our new speaker here. So, Mr. Uh, Mike Johnson, he professes about his faith a lot, and he has for many, many, many years. Um, but I follow um, a religious right wing radio guy on X, and I have followed him for years, um, and I like to see his takes um and he doesn't believe in mike johnson at all and consistently this week he's 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 quoting the scripture um where it says that you will know my people by the the fruit that they bear and so he's saying that mike johnson is actually not um living working producing like a real christian and it's crazy to, for, for me to read that, because then on the other hand, you have these news stories about him and his son who use this app to monitor each other's porn intake um, because they believe, <laughs> yeah, because they believe so uh, faithfully that that is against their religion. And so, listen, at the end of the day, I probably don't represent the, the majority opinion on this because I'm willing to say I don't have the right answer. Um, you know, like my grandparents said, it doesn't matter what door you come from. So um, there is space in politics for religion, um, but it shouldn't be dominated. It shouldn't be dominated. So I think uh, you can be religious. I think I, I feel probably a little bit better if someone has some sort of moral compass. Mm -hmm. but I don't think that there's a place for it in using it as kind of an advertisement for absolutely. And I think that's that's probably the differentiator for me. I mean if you Yeah, why why do some politicians um want to why do they want us to be a pro-life? nation right if it's because it is a part of your religious teaching and upbringing I'm, I'm i'm not in support of that you know make an argument i agree with you making it's not an advertisement for your policies make an argument that uh people can get behind you know i, I think and i think i think that um it's actually probably anti-political mm. to take to take a stance either way right mm. like all, all, um, all of your political campaign managers are going to say, just don't talk about it. Like, just <laughs> if it's controversial. Just don't like. Let's just not go there, right? And so, to get up and say, like, so openly profess that you're of this religion and you're whatever, 
is actually sort of counterproductive because it could alienate one way or the other. It could, it, you're, if you say something controversial, you're going to alienate someone, right? And that mm. can be your vote. But I think the other part for me is, again, it goes right back to that, like doing it for stage. Like there's some story in the Bible where, you know, I think Jesus said, like, if you're going to fast, don't like do it for me for uh, do God, it private do right. it for our relationship but don't like keep yourself like make sure you look good don't talk mm -hmm. about it like make sure that no one knows it's just our little secret you're doing it for us not for public recognition and i think so often religion especially is used for public recognition whether it's politicians or it's just stupid people on the internet right? It's like mm -hmm. hiding behind this facade of like, I'm a Christian. No, mm -hmm. probably not. Because if you needed to tell me, then you probably aren't. It ain't working. Yeah. I, I would have just figured it out. Like if you really were, right? Yeah. So uh, that's my feelings on that. But what, yeah. a, what a great conversation. Like I just love you and love your just opinions and um, I do think you should be in politics and I'll be your oh, gosh. and you've got a lot of time. You got a lot of time left to. Oh, well, I, I love you, Lori. I'm so grateful uh, to have this conversation here and I'm glad you're talking to people and putting it out there for the world because you have a bright and shining light that others need in their life. Oh, I have a final question that I ask yeah. everyone at the end. Yeah. So if you. Mm -hmm. And you're young, so this mm -hmm. like is it this interesting because how young you are. But if you could give your younger self one piece of advice now, that would alter the course of your life or just somehow better, you know, your upbringing, how you came up. What would that be? What would you say to your younger self? Mm. So it's something I'm still working on for sure, but I know the answer. I'm just you know, it's very rare that I hear an idea that I don't think about and kind of like, and I say, okay, let me extrapolate this out to its final form. What does it look like? Um, and um, that is distracting. So, <laughs> so the advice that um, I would give and I'm still giving and I'm still working on is focus um, because I think that certainly at some points in my life, if I had been a little more focused, I, I would have uh, accomplished some things that uh, took a little longer than I wanted to. Okay, I think that's fair. But I also think that's what's made your journey, your journey really cool. I mean, you have all these great opinions because you <laughs> did overthink some things. So yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I still have that, but uh, you can't, you can't always go a different direction or you'll never yeah. make your destination <laughs> that's true yes you could get lost on the journey for sure winding up <laughs> well hey. i love it and i love you and thank you yes. so much for spending this time with me this was yeah. fun so yeah, thanks maybe we'll i'll find something else controversial to talk to you about it's just fun to talk to you because we have such a gap in our ages too that our um life experiences are different and it's fun mm. to explore those different perspectives so i appreciate it yeah all right thanks thanks bye thank you